See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Oh my god. Has it been a week already? It has been a week already. That's unbelievable. Yes, my name is Mal. This is Slow Robot A Go Go. And uh, you are here, hopefully, to listen all about, listen to me talk all about crazy B-movie madness. And uh, boy, <clears throat> fun times. So, what do we got? I got two movies for you this week. Uh, as been the usual, uh, trying to start doing that as a, I think two movies is a good sweet spot, you know, not going scene for scene, talking about them, talking about some of the funny stuff and, uh, you know, and rating them on out. I would like to start with an unsolicited, that means not paid commercial for a friend of the, uh, friend of the show. You know, I, I, I did shirts for black moth candles. Now this is the first run I had done for him. Really cool looking logo, you know. And sometimes I have a little side business of doing the uh, uh, screen printing, and I print whatever, you know. I don't, I don't differentiate. I print what I print. And uh, they had sent their logo, and it's a really cool logo, you know. And I did, and I made sure it was like real nice and 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 uh, and it laid down nice and looked nice. And I didn't really, I've never met them before. They were just friend, friend of a friend of a friend kind of a thing. And when I met them, they were, like, really super cool. You know, they're nice people. And, and she was talking about it. And then I started talking about uh, some of the other stuff I'm planning on doing with this screen printing. I have a lot of B-movie stuff coming up, like uh, old drive-in theater ads, the triple feature stuff, and some real cool monster stuff. And and they were like, oh, that's so cool. We love that stuff. And I was like, wow. And she was like, yeah. You know, she kind of d- dug our scene, us B-movie guys here. So it was uh, really cool. So if you can, if you have the inkling, go check out, you know, Black Moth Candles, or I think it's Irma Gerd Arts is the, I think, the Umbrella Corporation. Not the Umbrella Corporation from, of course, that (coughs) movie, which shall not be named. Anyway, free plug. Really nice people. Just met them. Really, really, they don't even listen to the show, but I was just like, well, if I can send them business, yay for them. Uh, really great candles they uh, gave they gave us one just uh, as a thank you and it was so cool so anyway what have I we'll start like usual what have I watched this week you're in luck I am uh, I, I, I had a hangover Saturday I mean a uh, Sunday which means I basically laid on my dead ass and watched movies which that's okay from time to time I wouldn't re- recommend it doing it all the time but from time to time it's alright ah so I started out with a documentary the Armstrong Lie. I was like, oh boy. Uh, I know Sally the Beer Wench bought into the uh, Live Strong stuff real hard, and uh, I was working at a side a side uh, side business. I had a second job at a bike shop back in in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, I was a pretty hardcore mountain biker, and you know, if you want to learn how to, if you want to learn about new stuff and get cheaper parts and uh, and and stay in the know, you know. It's, Side business or side job wasn't too bad. I didn't mind going there every Saturday and you know just hanging out, selling bikes, talking about bikes. It was good times. But uh, that was like during the uh, the the craze, the Armstrong craze, back when America cared about the uh, you know the 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 race, the um, what the hell's the name of it? Uh, Tour de France. Yes, 
That's the that's the bicycling world's version of a very long uh, Super Bowl. And I, I don't really care about the road stuff. In fact, I didn't know anything about it until part of America got whipped up into Armstrong fever, and then everyone was crazy about it. And then they found a way to strip him, and then he admitted he was doping. But I was kind of like, eh, they're all, every one of them is doping. I'm not making excuses. I mean, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna cheat, you get caught. That's the way it is. But I'm pretty sure everyone on that tour is uh, cheating, and they were just better at it. And he was very driven, so you know, it's kind of like one of those things where they say, oh, you know, this dude's really strong and big, but you know, he did steroids, you know, to get there. But I'm still like, yeah, but he's still in the in the gym for 12 hours a day. It's a hell of a lot more than I'm going. So, although yes, it does give, it does do things and does enhance things you're still busting your ass to look like that, so whatever. It was an interesting uh, documentary. And I watched Rogue One again. That's one of those movies I can kind of just kind of put on and and watch, and it's pretty cool. Then I watched Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, if you if you watch Netflix, I don't have cable anymore because I, I cut the cable. I don't know if I'll do that forever. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit challenging. But I have I've been enjoying having the the twelve hundred dollars a year plus. Uh, so for now I'm fine with having no cable. So you start watching a lot of Netflix or you whatever you have, and and boy when Netflix wants you to watch something, it's gonna break you eventually, you know. And so it was suggesting I watch uh, Cloverfield Paradox because they paid a handsome sum for it, and I was like okay whatever. So uh, you know it it was okay. Uh, I didn't mind it. It was just what it was, you know. Then I watched Future Worlds films, and that was a whole like they they pulled together a whole bunch of those uh, really funny. What will the world look like in in the year 1990? And these are from the 50s, 40s, and you know whatever. Most of them were car ones, which I've seen before from uh, MST Shorts, where they're kind of making fun of all that stuff. They those always intrigue me. I, I love all that stuff. I love the educational films. I love the the driver's edge stuff, you know, red asphalt and all that kind of thing. Those, that whole genre of what, you know, and then you kind of, no wonder our parents are screwed up. They watch this shit and they were like, oh, this is real. And you're like, eh, I don't know. You know, those VD ones. I had a TV show on uh, public access a lot of years ago. I think it was from, uh, what was it? From 1999 to 2007. What's going on in the nineties for me? Good times. Not so much anymore. Uh, so I had this TV show, and we used to do, uh, we used to basically take the sound out of movies, re-script them, totally crazy, and, and, and then, uh, put them on air, and for a while, we were doing a lot of those freaking educational ones, because they're so simplistic, coming up with plot lines and, and stupid stuff to say was so easy, you know, we did, like, USSVD, and, uh, I did, what, what the hell was that one? It was like a the Santa Monica Project, which was this weird movie talking about experimental stuff they were doing with kids, and I was like, I don't want any part of this, but I'll make fun of it. Uh, and then I watched Mutant War, which I can't even remember. It was one of those like, oh it, yeah, yeah, it was like it says it was a it was a sequel to Galaxy Quest. I was like, I'm not seeing this, but whatever. It was uh, just one of those late '80s junky sci-fi things. It was funny, but whatever. And I watched uh, a comedian I like quite a bit, Louis Black. And this was a late 2016, so it was all about uh, raging about uh, America's choices and or lack thereof of of uh, you know candidates and uh, some of that stuff. Basically, he's saying the world has gotten so abs- absurd that his job is no longer needed, 
and I agreed with him on a certain level of that stuff. You know, you you read the mail, or you read the mail, you read the uh, news, or you or, or you like kind of watch a little bit of that any newscast. You're like, God damn, what's going on here? Ah, then I watched. Oh, oh I watched Antimatter. Antimatter was a really really good movie. I really enjoyed this movie. Now it was one of those kind of thinky movies. It, you know, it was set in England. It was like kind of modern times, and it was basically this. This very smart woman and a couple sidekicks figured she she discovered a way to to like um, uh, teleport stuff, you know, by accident she kind of did it, and immediately I thought of uh, of course I thought of Tron when uh, you know when Jeff Bridges like or yeah Jeff falls backward and gets pulled into the machine I was like yeah hopefully they do that and they didn't but uh, it was a very intriguing movie it was one of those uh, real thinky kind of movies. And I really had a great time with it. I loved it. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it again, even though I know the twist ending. And this wasn't by Shamalama Ding Dong. This was just a twist ending. Not even a twist ending. It was just like, what the hell's going on here? And then they finally, you figure it out, and you're like, oh my god, this is so crazy. Kind of touching, too, at some points. Then I watched a movie starring CSI... Uh, is it no, Criminal Minds? CSI. No, it's CSI. I don't know, shit. Uh, Manhunter. I watched a movie called Manhunter. And uh, it was Grissom from Criminal Minds. See how I get those mixed up? I even watched those, and I was like, I can't remember anymore. Maybe it was none of those. Maybe it was something totally different. Anyway, who cares? Grissom from that was the star of this one, and he was a put-upon guy who who knows what crazy people do, and he think gets inside their head. And I don't know if he was up for the acting of this one. I, I, I laughed a lot more at him than with him, but it, it was a good movie. You know, it was all right. And then I watched one that, again, Netflix basically said, you're not leaving the room until you watch it. Uh, it's the animated Godzilla, uh, like, anime version of Godzilla. You know, this was one of... I don't know how many parts they're going to do. I would assume it's coming out of Japan. Toho did it. They're doing some nice dubbing work and everything with it. I bet you there's going to be, like, four-parter or something like that. Really powerful. Really crazy. And, and in this one, Godzilla is not flip-flopping between uh, being, like, kind of the lovable guy that defends Japan... In this setting, you know, in the future, the future, he's, he is destroying humanity. You know, he killed off a couple of the, 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 the creatures that were fighting with him, or, you know, fighting, and uh, he took over the world, and he was killing humans, and they left. The humanity said, well, we're down to nothing, we're leaving, and they got on a ship, and they flew away, you know, and they were looking, searching for some other planet, but then they ran out of, uh, resources and they were forced to like kind of people were dying off and stuff like that it was really morbid and then the plan was like well we're going to go back and we'll fight with uh godzilla and yay spoiler alert if you're if you're going to watch that don't listen to this part so basically you know they land on earth and, they, and this one guy who's crazy because godzilla killed his family you know basically killed his whole family by just radiation blasts and stuff like that and they went out and then when they got back they were like oh 20,000 years or 25,000 years have passed and they're like, well, this can't be the same Godzilla, can it? And they were like, no, it's got to be some kind of mutated or child of Godzilla or whatever. So they they sacrifice people and they lure it in and they finally kill this Godzilla. And they're like, yay, we killed Godzilla. And there was this guy's kind of crazy, uh, you know, that he was a, kind of a psycho, but he he was very driven to kill Godzilla. And as soon as the Godzilla died, Rutro, Super Godzilla came up, and uh, boy, it was. It was it was powerful. This this portion of that anime it raised hairs on my back because I always liked evil God not evil Godzilla 
irreverent Godzilla. I like the Godzilla that didn't care about humanity, didn't care about nothing. He just kind of, you know, was for him. Now, you know, I know that might not be a popular version of him, but the reality of it is Godzilla wouldn't befriend Japan and wouldn't defend Japan and love the children of Japan. You know, Godzilla in reality would just kind of wake up and trash it if he had to. So I really, I did like this first version. I have a feeling version, or, you know, uh, the third or fourth episode, with they're like an hour and 20 minutes long. I have a feeling that, that he'll probably be killed at some point and it's going to break my heart. Because the Godzilla that wakes up after the, the, the first one dies, and the second one, like, comes out of the ground, and it's huge, and he lays waste, like, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know. Being a Godzilla super fan as I am, I was happy to see him back. But, again, who knows where this will go. Toho is very protective of their superstar but they also aren't afraid to kill him off from time to time. So, you know, we all know he'll be back. It's like some kind of a soap opera or like, a, you know, just a reoccurring character. They're like, oh, but wait, there's another one. And this one's even crazier. And you're like, yep, here we go. So, good times. All right. Now, we're going to take a trailer break. Probably do trailers for some of the shirts I'll be making in the near future. You know, I am going to try and make, make a, a usable online store. So when you're listening to this, I'll probably once I get a couple designs down of the of the drive-in theater ads of the really cool you know movies that were out and and some of the stuff and some of the ideas I have, I'll probably like start shilling on here a little bit. And again, don't uh, I'm not gonna try I'm gonna try not to like over advertise on the on our show. I know we just like to talk about movies and listen about listen to movies and uh, but. Maybe you'll dig some of the sites, you know, some of the some of the stuff I'm doing, and then in order. I'm pretty reasonable. Anyway, enough of my yammering. Sorry, everyone. I'm gonna take a quick trailer break, and we come back. Part part one of the twofer: Journey to the Center of Time from 1967. And if you've never heard of it, well, join the club. Neither have I. No one's ever heard of it. Well, some people have probably heard of it, but not many. All right, we'll be back. Dig these trailers. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. And suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. In other words, Ron Burgundy was the balls. This tells it like it is over there. Here, the difference is the battle line. Phil won a medal, and he came home for a long, hard ride ahead, with a friend's promise to keep and a friend's woman to take. Then he could start living for himself, if he was still alive. The hard ride is a motion picture of three loves, a man's love for a friend, a woman's love for a man, and their love of living. See the hard ride in color, rated GP. Hear the original soundtrack music available on Family Paramount Records. Welcome to the house of Madam Kitty, the most exclusive house of pleasure in Berlin. 
Around you, you see the most famous people in Nazi Germany. Everybody who is anybody is here tonight. And there are Madame Kitty's girls. Oh, they're beautiful. And they will do anything you want. Anything. But I will tell you a secret that none of the men here know. You must keep your mouth shut. Because all the girls work for the Gestapo. They will report everything you say to them. So later, maybe the Gestapo will blackmail you or even shoot you for what you said. But don't worry. You're here at Madame Kitty's to have fun. So enjoy yourself. The night is young. Trans-American Films presents Madame Kitty, starring Helmut Berger and Ingrid Tulin. A true story. Rated X. Run! It's Godzilla! It looks like Godzilla, but due to international copyright laws, it's not. Still, we should run like it is, Godzilla! Though it isn't. The killing season has opened in the naked city. Roger Moore and Stacy Keach are the hunters in Street People. They're the perfect team. One is polished, polite, and persuasive. You want to bet I can get to you before you can get to the gun? The other is cool, capable, and crazy. <laughs> One has a way with words. First we ask questions, then we drown him. The other has a way with wheels. Hold on, baby. Daddy's going to take you on a cosmic ride. They both have a way with women. Well, everybody's got to have a hobby. When they get together, everything starts coming apart. Roger Moore and Stacy Keach in Street People. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. Hey, hey, it's your old pal Krusty for my new pork sandwich, The Clogger. If you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. <laughs> ah, Godzilla, but it isn't. Okay, so now on to the first uh, movie we're going to review. Journey to the Center of Time from 1967. Uh, the plot of this is basically... Now, this was a 60s time travel movie, and you, uh, if you listen to this show for any length of time, you know I am a sucker for the uh, for time travel stuff. I love it. And uh, <clears throat> this one was... this, And also, I'm also a 50s and 60s kind of sci-fi lover because these had no basis in reality. There was no bother with scientific evidence of any kind like you know now if, if they put out a movie everyone's fact checking everything and they're like this couldn't happen because of this law and that thing and stuff back in the 50s and 60s man they didn't care they were just doing whatever they wanted and it was all good uh so we're introduced to a uh, kind of a spoiled jerky guy in the back of a limo like i don't care about what my dad is you know, my, his the, his father owned some scientific laboratory, Stanton Industries or something like that, <coughs> and he was all like, oh, excuse me, and he was all like, oh, I don't care about my dad, and I, I'm running this show now, and everyone's gonna have to prove their worth or get out. And I was like, wow, you'd be a great, you'd be a great business owner in the twenty in the two thousand tens, because uh, it's the mentality. Uh, it, it swung. It seems like business has swung uh, from that. To being, oh, care about the people. To back wing, nah, we don't care about the people. That's just my own. Your you, your experience may be different than mine. Um, so anyway, he he's there, and there's this group of scientists that you meet, and they're kind of quirky, and they have arguments, but they love each other, you know, that whole thing. And they're like, oh, they're trying to travel through time, and they've succeeded 
for tw- a 24-hour period. And you're like, well, that's kind of mon- monumentous, but uh, uh, that wasn't good enough. And, and they kept on trying, and every time they tried, they didn't have enough power, and if they did, then, uh, then fuses blew out. Now, I've seen this... That uh, was prevalent in a lot of these movies. You know, before the the world we're used to with these... You know, the, the, in the worlds of tubes and, and that kind of thing, power voltage, power regulation was a huge deal in the scientific movie... And for movies, anyway. You know, they didn't have thing, transistors and stuff that could handle high sources of power so things wouldn't run right. Uh, again, I have a... We all carry a computer in our pocket that's smarter and, and faster than anything up leading up to it combined, so uh, we have no concept of that anymore. But I remember the first time I thought about that whole concept was uh, there was a line in This Island Earth, and the guy's like, why? With this transistors... It, or with it, with you know, with these with these volt regulators, there would be no limit to the, how much power they could take. We could lay we could lay roads in at the rate of a mile a minute. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and it, and it was just one of those things where then you start thinking you're like, oh yeah, we take for granted that like, you know, things aren't tube based, and it, you know, you can run a lot of power through stuff now, and it it figures out ways to deal with it. You know. So anyway, okay, so back to it. So now there, there's, and there's some guy, some hapless dude who's like the helper and all that stuff, and he's going back in time, and you're like, oh, okay. So then, then like, the cantankerous boss is like, you guys get in here and tell me why I should keep giving you money. And and they explain this to the guy, and he's like, oh, I don't see any, any value in this. And I'm thinking, you don't see value in going forward or backward in time. <laughs> wow. So... I okay. You give me that for 20 minutes, and I'm gonna become a millionaire and change history. I don't believe in that whole thing where you, you go back in time, you can't shoot Hitler in the head. Whatever. But there, eh, I, I know the validity of it. I understand it, but I also don't care. Um, so, so, and then like the young plucky scientist kind of gets goads the the boss into it and argues with him and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, you know, he's like, oh, you're such a jerk. And then, and then the guy's like, "Well, you're gonna prove it to me tomorrow, or you guys lose your funding." And then they're like, "Well, shit." So now they're there, and uh, the flash forward to the, now the cantankerous jerk comes in, and he has like a sidekick that was obviously the the, the sidekick to his dad, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you should really think this through. Don't just cut the funding." And he's like, "Ah, this is a, this isn't my world. I'm I'm cu- I'm cutting anything that ain't making me money." So he's sitting there. And this guy is the most mustache twirling of villains. You know, he is the he is the most stereotyped caricature I've ever seen. In my, well, not, not I've ever seen one of the most, because he's just everything's like, wow, you're so stupid, and ah, oh, this is dumb, and I, I, why you, I can make more money than this, and you're money, 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 and I'm evil, and evil, 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 spoiled jerk, and you're like, okay, we get it. That's the other thing. The 50s and 60s wasn't afraid to run stuff into the ground. Like, they were not, uh, you know, they didn't have that uh, backing it off. Everything went to 11. Obviously because they didn't have, they had problems with power back then. So, you know, 11 was probably like our three or four, but you don't get my meaning. So, okay, so now they're like, well, then we're going to go forward in time. Because that'll prove worth. And they're like, okay, I guess, whatever. And then, uh. No, wait, do they go backwards in time? See, how did I mess this up? So they're going to... They they uh, they try to push it to... Uh, they travel into the far future. They're trying to go... Yeah, that makes sense. Because they, before they were going back in time and then kind of popping back, but then they were like, well, 
he wants money and to be he wants to be like you know profitable so he wants us to go forward in time so they push it they're like oh my god you know uh, and uh so they're trying and of course they're running out of power so it's not working and then the the, the guy who was the, the young brash scientist you know he was like well let's just i'm gonna ramp this up as far as it'll go and the, and the, the elder guy who's running it is like why you can't do that and he's like who cares? This guy's gonna cut our funding if we succeed, and if we don't succeed, probably. So who gives a crap? You know, and the, and all the power is running through this this red ruby crystal thing, and you know that's what that's how they harness the power of time travel. And you're like, okay, uh, so so then he just floors it, and then they go, oh my god, and this, the room starts spinning, and they're all pinned against the wall like one of those old carnival rides. And then, and then we find out how, you know, then this camera's like swirling around showing them going, ah, and then finally it stops. And this is the one part where you're like, wow, this is kind of weird. They were showing them being viewed by the, by the, the central command of this like laboratory and the building disappeared. And then you're like, wait, what is this now? Like, it turns out, like, their whole thing is they're, they're in a room for this time travel that's like a sphere. And it like, goes, boop, and it just disappears. And they're like, oh, my God. So they're, they're trying to find him. So it's extra guy and plucky gal. And then the the boss's sidekick is like, oh, we have to save Mr. Stanton. And you're like, do you really? But anyway, whatever. Uh, so... So they overshoot because they floored it and were pinned against the wall. They overshot the past and then like went into the dis like they overshot the future, went into the distant past. And so I guess technically the, the experiment still was a failure, but uh, whatever. And part of it was because that that like Stanton like one of the problems or one of the things to even make him more evil is the bad guy the bad boss stood up and was like we'll just do this and he got and he pushed it and it went further and there was this weird scene where something was coming at him and they're like oh my god this thing's gonna hit us and he's like no it isn't and he le- he shoots a laser into this thing and blows it up and he's like that was weird and he was like yeah it was really brash because they didn't know what it was they were trying to contact it because it was coming straight for him on this timeline you know so then they end up in the past, dinosaur age, and again they're kind of wandering around. And Mister Evil Evil Head is trying to kill them off for some reason, and he's finding big rocks, up, big chunks of diamonds, and he's he's super greedy. He's as greedy as that fat guy from uh, from uh, uh, the Indiana Jones Part Five. Remember, he's like ah gold, gold Jonesy. He was like gold crazy. Well, this guy was diamonds crazy. So he's running around with these diamonds, and he gets back to the ship, and he leaves. He's the other uh, the one the old guy dies. So it's just the chick and the, the there's like the girl scientist and the and the the brash young scientist, and they're trying to chase evil McJerkfacerston, and then he gets onto the thing and he leaves him behind. He's like, ha ha, and he puts he puts some of the diamonds where the shattered ruby was. I forgot that plot point. The ruby shattered when they landed in the past, so they were stuck there. And he launches and takes off, leaving them behind. And it turns out he was returning as the other ship was coming, and then that's what killed him. He killed himself, technically, by shooting that object that was on that timeline. And you're like, ha ha, pretty slick. And then the time machine comes, 
And then our two, the two get on, and they're like, okay, well, and it was empty, and I was like, wait, wait, wouldn't they have the people in it? Again, no, no logic. Don't, don't apply logic. And they went back, and okay, whatever, yay. So, uh, you know, they were so. Well, I'm, I'm, they wasn't yay. You know, they were wrecked. They were still hopelessly lost in time and space. In the final scene, they didn't. They weren't able to stop in time to to go. So they were they were kind of drifting in space to the journey to the center of time. See, title wraps all wraps together. So it was kind of cool. Uh, I was my jaw hit the floor when I saw this wasn't made in Britain and I, or England, and I'll explain why. In the '60s, this movie reeks of like that crazy vibrant colors, you know, like everything was shagorific, you know, and the lights, all the panels on the walls had the blinking lights and the chicks all wore bikinis. No, they didn't do that. But all the other stuff where they were like, oh my God, you know, it was so vibrant and bright. Now they weren't English actors, but I would have swore that was it was from England, you know. They have like, England had that certain look in the 60s, late 50s, early 60s, mid 60s. It's just kind of cool, you know. I think famously, uh, tweaked or poked fun at by Austin Powers, but there was some truth to it, because it was a very shagrific time for England. I guess probably still now. I don't know. I just don't know much about England. Um, so, I liked the ending, you know, and I, the look of it was pretty cool. Uh, it wasn't awesome. It wasn't like one of those great movies, you know. Um, but again, I but I did find it pretty pretty fun and pretty pretty... It went along pretty good. It was an hour and hour and 20 minutes, you know, uh, some of the, some of the ratings out there are pretty low for this one, this one I saw, I saw like a 3.7 out of 10, that's a little harsh, you know, there's definitely better time travel movies, and more fun time travel movies, this one just lacked a lot of logic, maybe that's why people don't like it, um, eh, I don't know, this is one of those things that I, uh, it was funny and goofy, but I did like it, so, so, you know, I, I go with this as saying kind of like a five, five and a half, give or take. So it's not one that you should seek out. But if you're laying on the couch nursing a hangover from the night before, the night of booze and scotch and other, then yeah, you probably will like it because you'll just be like, okay, whatever. So there you go. Uh, Journey in the Center of Time, eh, a middle-of-the-road romp. Uh, if you... If you I, I did like it, and I did. I also saw that I, it was in the um, couple of those sci-fi blammo packs I had. So if you have a few of those, take a look. You might actually already have it. So, there you go. All right, we're gonna take a trailer break. Then when we come back. I have one that I'm a fan of, and I don't think anyone else in the world is a fan of. Uh, and I'll explain why. Here is some awesome trailers, and then I'll be back with awesome talking. You know, sometimes I think that. I get thinking that she's cheating on me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Nothing. Now the ultimate evil, Devil Woman. The baddest dude that ever walked the face of the earth fight it out with Satan's sinister sister in a battle to the death. Devil Woman. Don't cross a path unless you're tired of living. Plus, dragons never die in the tradition of Bruce Lee. It's the martial arts bitch of the year. It's super tough. Devil Woman and the dragons never die. Take your mama to see them before somebody else does. In color, rated R. Here's Johnny! 
Because of the grisly subject matter presented in the motion picture, The Gates of Hell, no person under 17 years of age will be admitted to the theater unless they are accompanied by a parent or certified adult guardian. The Gates of Hell will be shown in its uncut version, and some people may find certain scenes shocking. Again, we repeat, no one under 17 years of age will be admitted to the gates of hell unless they are accompanied by a parent or certified adult guardian. We will disguise you as a terrorist and take you deep into the Middle East. If your acting is successful, you'll be able to get us all the information we need to stop this whole thing from happening. Of course, if you're not interested, there's the door. All right, thanks. Over 100 million people have experienced the phenomenon of Emmanuel. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Her life was every woman's fantasy. Her love was every man's desire. Now she is back for the final act, Goodbye Emmanuel, an all new, all different erotic adventure starring the sensational, original Emmanuel, Sylvia Christel. Goodbye, Emmanuel, is a voyage to new realms of joy, a journey to new peaks of pleasure. If you thought that no motion picture could bring you to the most intense state of sensual awareness, then see Goodbye, Emmanuel, and discover just how good a movie can feel. Goodbye, Emmanuel. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. You're mocking me, aren't you? Oh, no, 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 no. Buzz looking alien! Where? Ah! <laughs> uh, goodbye, Emmanuel. Goodbye, indeed. All right, so, uh, boy, before I get into this last movie, I was so pissed at myself. I Like, Criterion put out Blu-ray special super blah, blah, blah of the uh, of Night of the Living Dead, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I dig that movie. It's very, it's like kind of a groundbreaking, really cool movie. I was really excited. I got an email like, flash sale, 50% off. I was like, yes, because I don't want it for 32 bucks, but I sure would get it for 16 So I was like, well, I'm at work, and then shit, I'm so busy, and I can't do it. And I, I was like, I'll do it when I get home. And I got home, up, flash sale ended at noon, and I was like, god damn it. I, I should have read the fine print. Uh, so bummed out. I mean, I'll keep looking for it. I'm sure I'll find it on a half-price sale at some point, but I was like, man... I still I like I love Criterion stuff. I always try and get it if I can. Yeah, it's not always possible, but whatever. All right, now on to a, this one will probably be a little bit of a quicker review. I am gonna review Cat Women of the Moon. Now, this is one of those indie movies, like an independent movie. It's it's from uh, what what years? I think 50, 53, 54, 52. I don't know. I'll look it up while I'm talking. Uh, so, you know, I I watched it a while back. 53. Okay, there it is. I was like, you know, Catwoman on the Moon. I, I, I got it as a tape with the 3D, because it was originally in 3D. And I didn't have, the, I didn't have it. And I, just, but I never got around to watching it and chucked it out. I, I mean, it got rid of it. I didn't chuck it out. I just sold it or something like that. Um, this one is really goofball. I, I like this one a lot, and... I'm not going to be like, not like 9 or 10s or something like that. This one gets a lot of hate for being so stupid and cheeseball, but I'll tell you what. Every time you watch a movie now 
where they're like, oh, atomic brains from he- from space, and it's like from 2017, and it's trying to be like this fun, cool, stupid thing, but it never, it rarely works. This is part of the reason they're doing it. This is one of those, like, Plan 9, like one of those movies where you watch it, and you're like, how did this get made? And then you watch it, and you're like, this is awesome. It's so stupid and funny and just cheeseball, you know. Uh, Catwoman on the Moon, I watched over and over in my life, like a lot of times. Growing up in the teen, my teen years, I used to watch Amazon Women on the Moon. Um, in fact, I might have swapped those titles out just now before. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. I watched the Amazon Women on the Moon all the time, and it was one of those very well-done skit-based comedies. You know? yeah, it's very of the time, though. I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd be like, holy shit, this is terrible. But they had a lot of funny stuff in it, a lot of skits in it. There's a couple, you know, Kentucky Fried Movie I loved a lot. That was very raunchy and sex-filled. When you're a teen kid, young kid in the in the 80s, and you're like, oh, man, boobs. And, and, then, and then Amazon Women on the Moon was just this silly of the time movie. But they did a parody of Catwomen of the Moon. And I can see why, because it's easy to make fun of, but it's also very charming when you watch it now, you know. It, the whole thing is they're going to Earth. You know, the story is there's a astronauts, They leave. They go to the, they go to to the moon for an expedition. And then the one lady's there, like, let's land on the dark side. And then she's like, I saw a cave. And it, she she was getting telepathic messages from the women cat women that lived on the moon that they that she's supposed to come there because they're going to steal his their spaceship and go back. Over the years, turns out. The civilization of the cat women that live on the moon, they were uh, uh, slowly dying out because they didn't have enough resources, no food, no water. They were losing air. There was air in this like thing. So their telepathy brought uh, brought Helen, our gal Helen, there, and uh, it was just, it was so funny. You see these guys and they're flying around and they're like their chairs have wheels on them and there's like wooden tables and stuff and you're like oh man space travel in the 50s i love it there was a guy sunny tufts was a uh, granger and when you look into his history he was a uh, quite the quite the troublemaker in hollywood he li- he was living up to that living wild actor kind of thing and there was a guy kip who i think was the money crazed idiot and uh, no no that was walt there was a guy named walt and he was everything was about money and it was funny to watch it and then compare it to Amazon Women on the Moon because they, they were barely... Amazon Women on the Moon was barely making fun of these characters. Like, they just took it, like, one step further. It wasn't like they were crazily modifying these characters. They were pretty damn close because the, the one guy uh, is, uh, like, what's his name? Uh, Doug... Doug is like the aw shucks, golly jeepers, yay America guy, and then uh, Victor was or uh, Kip was a guy who was like second in command and kind of a real prick, you know. And, and, and it, it was just <laughs> again, I'm like laughing when I'm talking about it because it was. If you haven't seen this movie, you, you, it's one of those that you kind of should see, and it's not like it's action packed and it doesn't. It's the Amazon women that there are the, the cat women that are on the moon. See, I am doing it. I am saying Amazon women. The cat women that are on the moon aren't like these super sexy gals. I mean, they're dressed up in the black leotards, and they're not ugly. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, they're 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 very sexy, sultry women. But by today's standards, they're kind of like, eh, whatever, you know. But that doesn't matter one way or the other. So, 
you know, there's some intrigue when, uh, you know, Helen is actually in love with Kip, but she's dating Granger, who is the leader, you know, because it is all based on what's being ordered by the, through telepathy, you know. And they, they get some hot action. Some of them, like, go off and score with these gals. Uh are are the, the 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 young guy Doug falls in love with one of the one of the uh, beta I think it was maybe it was beta it's, yeah alpha then beta was the girl that was like loved Doug so she was kind of helping them try to escape before they got killed and hey and then, you know and then they uh then they they basically get away through some shenanigans you know uh. God, I like really thought this was a funny movie, and I, and and I get it that most people would be like, no, that's not a good movie. Uh, I can see how it could score a three seven, but also I think it should get a lot more. Like I would put this at like a six five, and that's a big difference from a, like Metacritic saying, no, this sucks, it's a three, and me saying, ah, eh, it's like a seven, and that is. One of the things about movies, if you love B-movies or if you love, uh, uh, like, some of the stuff that cinema tried to do, whether it worked or not, you know, I'm not here to debate, well, I can debate it, but it doesn't matter, uh, this one was just hilarious to me. It was funny and kooky, and it did have a storyline, and you could watch it, so it was very, almost serialized, like the some of those really crazy burn up barns and radar men from the moon, you know, those are, those serials are really... Uh, fun to watch. They're they're very formulaic. I mean, these were made for kids and like an add-on in front of the movie the kids bought for a nickel back in the day. Snowing uphill both ways. They nickel got them a the feature and the burn them up barns and a hamburger. I don't know, you know. So whatever. It, it, one of the things is um, Elmer Bernstein's did the music for this movie, and you're like, okay, you know, famous guy. Uh, fun. I'm gonna say see it. You know, if you like, you know, Invasion of the Saucer Men or, or like uh, the Crab Attack of the Crab Monsters, that kind of thing, or even like Black Blackula. You know, some of the stuff. If you've listened to these shows that I'm putting out and and you've seen the movies I'm talking about, or you they sound intriguing to you, then go see get Cat uh, Amaz- uh Cat Women on the Moon, and then and then watch Amazon Women on the Moon. And you'll probably be like, holy shit, this is so 80s, I can't take it. And I'll understand. But uh, don't hate me for it. Alright, so that's it for this week. I'm going to say uh, light recommend on the on the journey to the center of time. Definite recommend for Catwomen on the Moon. And I know I'm, that might sound crazy, but eh, I am's what I am's. Uh, and I will see you next week. I'm going to try and mix it up with something. I, I have been pretty... I think I've been pretty mixing it up pretty good. I, I was going to say I should mix it up more, but I mean... You know, I'm trying to keep it bouncing around so I don't get just uh, all crazy about one genre or one kind of movie. Thinking of you guys. All right, that's it. Make sure you check out the Facebook page. I have a Facebook page for uh, for the Slow Robot A Go Go. Please check that out. Like it. You know, follow it. I also have a I have two shows that I that run back to back on RadioStPete.com. Uh, there, one the first one is the Indie Circuit, which is all independent music and talking. And then the second one is uh, Saki Bama Gogo, and that's all Japanese garage and punk and indie. Very crazy stuff. I co-host uh, with uh, Promi, a friend from the Bunch of Dorks days. Um, and if you go to Radio Saint, those two also have, uh, those two also have the uh, Facebook pages. 
So look up Saki Bama Go Go and like the page, follow the page, and uh, look up the indie circuit. You know, right now I'm calling it the, the Bogo Hour of Power, which Promi hates, but I still think it's a funny name. Um, so yeah, check out those things. And I know and shilling at the end of the show is probably not a very good idea. I'm sure everyone's probably like, well, we're out of here. But I don't think you left until you heard the glorious Green Slime. So sing us out of here, Green Slime. See you all next week. I swear I will not kill anyone. Pour it on, Morris. Give it everything she's got. Open the door, you'll find the secret. You'll find the answer if you keep it. You'll believe it when you find something screaming across your mind. Give me a ride. I'm way too big to drive to the devil's house.